0: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help.
1: Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here with a manly warthog Man Cave in the piney woods of north central Florida in God's country, which right now is a little bit windy. If you got your toupee on, hang on to it. It might fly away. We have got a tornado watch warning all the above going on. Uh, We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, uh, should we lose power, we, of course, here at the uh, Manly Warthog Command Center are on a backup generator. We'll kick that on right away, but it will take a while to reboot the uh, Internet. But we'll take care of that when it uh, comes. We are professionals. We can handle fly in all kinds of weather. Of course, we are in the Milton Law Studio. Melon Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida uh, uh, Fighting Gator. And, of course, protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention. Get your security systems locally and get them from Randy Elrad and John Pastore, great supporters of this show, and support those who support the show, because this is a community forum. This is where we debate, open up, talk about, look into that which you may not see, hear, taste, smell, anywhere else. Today, I want to cover for you the beginning of, hopefully, a series of discussions about county government, city government, but particularly county government. Um, County government, as you know, has been dominated by one party. It has been a single-party city of Gainesville as well. Now, the municipal governments in the smaller towns are generally no party affiliation. But if there was a Gainesville Sunset paper, they would rat them out right away and tell you who the Republicans were and tell you who the Democrats were. And I told you what they used to do to me when I was running. They would say Scott took money from developers. Developers has historically been a bad word. It means you're going to pave over the trees. And traditionally, this is oversimplification, but the Democrats have been quote unquote, "tree huggers." Uh, the lady who occupies District three seat right now is a lady who is sustainability." That is a code word for environmental protection. Uh, the ability to understand code is very important when you're in public office because what the politician says is not what the politician is really saying. Now, a lot of work has gone into getting where we are right now, and I think you know we've covered that, and that is single-member districts. Single-member districts were a real struggle. Yours truly was involved in this frontline fight for about 30 years. Uh, Finally, we were able to get them in, but nobody knows how they're going to work. District 3, which our guest today is running for, is a very slim sliver, if you will, of land that basically runs from the west side of the county all the way to the county line, south of Newberry Road, but not all the way to Archer. And it's partially populated, except it will have a connection to the area closer to the center of Gainesville. And that's, of course, where you get into liberal country. And so we know that liberal country... to politics. That's good and that's bad. I have been a newcomer to politics. And the problem of being a newcomer is name recognition. Nobody knows you. Oh, you think everybody knows me. My kids love me. My kids' teachers know me. Go stand outside of Walmart and see how many want your John Travolta autograph. They don't know you and don't want to know you because they think you're trying to sell them something. So I want to introduce you to this District 3 candidate today. I've just met her myself and have found that we have many things in common in that she is about as naive as I was when I began running. And I thought, wow, everybody wants change. No, everybody doesn't want change. So what we do is we spend a lot of time you getting to know us. And I'm sure when you get to know this candidate, uh, you'll be charmed and consider voting for if you live in District 3. If you don't live in District 3, you don't have a a dog in the hunt. But uh, if you do live in District 3, this will be archived at wardscottfiles.com. We will keep these interviews. You may see them again. We run about 300,000 people per month watch or listen or pay attention to the Word's Scott Files. Those numbers are astounding to me. Uh, 300,000 a month. Uh, So you want to be out there associated with the Word's Scott Files if you want people to get to know you. Now, Jen is, uh, like so many of us, really, I think, were meant to be a citizen servant. You're not a professional politician. But we know what happens. Ken Cornell, he's become a professional politician. Chuck Chestnut, a professional politician. That's all they do. They don't have a life, if you will. This is their job. This is and they want more meetings and more meetings and more meetings. So first of all, It's hard to find somebody who really, for whatever reason wants to throw their hat in the ring. And we're going to find out from Jen Garrett today, what itch she scratched that made her get into this contest. So Jen, welcome to the Ward Scott Files. I hope I didn't uh, uh, embarrass you about your uh, naivete, but it's the truth. We don't know what we're doing until we've done it. And believe me, having been in your shoes at one time, you have no idea what it's really like. It's much worse than you thought. And in many ways, it's much better. And it's much better if you care about the people. Mm -hmm. But if you care about the ideology, this is my opinion, of course, and I'm never wrong. If you care about ideology, you don't care about the people. So the Democrats are about ideology sustainability you know trees not roads forget it but i know you're going to want roads because who doesn't so welcome to the ward scott files and let's sit back and listen to what you have to say
2: thanks so much ward um you're exactly right i am a total newcomer to this and um that's no secret uh people a a lot of my close friends when I told them, um, you know, a year ago, two years ago, when I kind of started talking about, "Hey, I, I think I might, I think I might want to run for office," most of them said, "Are you insane? Why would you do that? You have a wonderful <laughs> life. Uh, you have three great kids and a, a full plate of, of things going on with your art career. And wh- why would you put yourself out there like that?" But the truth is, I, I teach my kids: if you see something that you think is wrong or you see something that could be better, you need to jump in and do something about it. So that's really the spirit of that is where I'm, where I'm coming from with it. Um, and, of course, it has a lot to do with everything that went on in the pandemic. Um, I mean, I never thought in my lifetime I'd see some of the things that happened with local government. Honestly, I, I don't think I really, truly understood how much power local government had until we went through the pandemic and uh, having young kids during that time was so challenging. So that's what really opened my eyes to how important it is that we have some diversity of thought on the county commission, that it's not okay that it's been 10 years since we've had a Republican voice on the county commission, that it's not okay that um, the county commission has had so much influence from the city. We need to talk more about representing the people that live outside the city. Um, and that's why I'm so excited that single member districts passed and I can be that voice for district three, which is much more than just the concerns of city of Gainesville.
1: Well, well stated, Jen, you really often run it running very, very well. Um, just to let the voters know, because voters always wonder the, but the darnest things you won't believe how they don't know what they're doing. It's awful. Um, they'll get you confused with the city. They'll get you confused with this, that one thing and another. And now you, the lady, that you know, they'll get it wrong. And but first of all, you have to understand that she has a prime Jen as a primary uh, competitor, and uh, one, we won't mention the competitor's name because it's not the competitor show. But the competitor is fully welcome to come on the show and talk about him or herself. So there is a primary, and I got to take time and help. Believe me, but Jen the voter understand the difference between primary and the general in the primary. If there are two Republican candidates running to see who will face off against the Democrat candidate, um, that election was held in held in August. And meanwhile, the Democrats could have the same thing, except in this case, the Democrats have an incumbent who's been there, presiding? who has uh, got name recognition, who's got a voting record, uh, all sorts of things, and may not be primaried. I haven't looked. If that's the case, she is scot-free, as we say, to all the way to the general, without spending any of her money. Yeah. You're going to have to spend money, if there's a primary, those candidates will have to spend money trying to beat each other, both of them being Republicans since it is a closed primary. The winner of that will have to spend more money then in a very short period of time, from August to November, getting ready to try to beat the incumbent, who meanwhile has been getting free ink, as we say. So those of you who are in this District 3, you want to pay attention to this and be on the ball and get to know this candidate. Uh, She'll have a rival, That candidate, of course, will have uh, 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 supporters and money and base, try to anyway, and uh, don't get confused. They are both going to be Republicans, the winner of which will take on the Democrat. So you have to select as the potential voter, the one you think is going to hear you best, be most effective, um, get things done that you want to do. You want to attend any kind of public event these candidates go to that's where you get to know them that's how you get to ask them questions so Jen have you had anything yet that you've met the public through uh and if so how's that going
2: Uh, well it's going really well um I announced my candidacy at the black tie and blue jeans event which was just incredible to be on the stage with Governor Nome and uh Congresswoman Kat that was really amazing for me, and uh, I did have a fundraiser just before the holidays that was a lot of fun and very successful. Um, what I've found is that a lot of what I'm doing because of you know as you said, I'm a newcomer to politics um most of what how I spend my days are meeting with people that know about all about the different facets of local government, so a lot about development, a lot about roads. Um, a lot about planning, uh, businesses, small businesses, everything that I need to be trained up on. I have these meetings with people that have been um, doing that for their business in our County for many years. And that's been amazing. I love it. I'm a super extrovert. So I'm really energized by those meetings and that's how I learn what's most important to people. Um, So I really encourage your listeners uh, if you Uh, would like to set up a meeting with me or, or um, get to know me better uh, like my Facebook page. And that's where you'll get to know where we'll have all of these meet and greets and fundraisers and where I'll be for events. Um, And I'd love to talk to you. That is literally my favorite part about running so far. I've even said like, am I, I feel like I'm enjoying this too much, and I'm sure maybe I won't feel that way once we get to July, but I love to meet people, and I want to know your Alachua County story. What's important to you? What's important to your family? What's a struggle for you right now? Um, I, I need to know that. So please uh, reach out to me, like my Facebook page, um, email me. All of that information you can find on Facebook or on my website, uh, Gen G for District 3.
1: Well stated. Listen, let's talk about story for a moment. The story of you, how you came to be here. You had a life before this, of course, and uh, uh, probably we ought to introduce that part of your life to the people.
2: Yeah. So I guess my very earliest memories of politics um, kind of goes back to late middle school. I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which some people know is this incredible city now. But back when I grew up um, it was just starting to do the envisioning plan that, that makes it the city that is today. At one point, it was very polluted. And I lived through watching how they transformed that city and, it, um, and the culture and their art made a big impact on me. But back in middle school, um, we frequently took the drive over Monteagle Mountain to see my mom's family. She grew up in Murfreesboro. And uh, my granny and grandpa lived there. And just down the street from them, my uncle, who was a general in the Air Force, uh, Uncle Jack, he lived there. So when we would go to Granny's and Grandpa's, um, Mom and I would frequently in the morning go visit Uncle Jack, and um, his his he had this war room that was incredible. I mean, I would give anything to go back and and look at it today. At the time, I didn't know what I was looking at. It was just a lot of really cool photos of. Uh, the Blue Angels and Uncle Jack with people that looked like they were pretty important. I definitely, I recognized some presidents and and a lot of others. It was just floor to ceiling, all of this memorabilia. Um, you didn't ever touch something on his desk. He did have a special phone, and you don't touch that phone. Um, so that was an experience, but Mom would go over there, and they would talk politics a lot. Um, this was around the time when Ross Perot was running, and Mom was a huge Ross Perot fan, and so I heard a lot about you know, how different it was that there was this third candidate and a a lot about the Democrats, a lot about the Republicans and, um, my family is, is mainly Republicans, but mom was into this Ross Perot and, um, everything that uh, they talked about NAFTA and they talked about the budget, the uh, budget, the deficit. And, um, that really introduced me to how important it was and how as a family we care about those issues. Um, And it's okay to debate them. You know, there were people in my family that told mom she was throwing her boat away. And um, that was all things that I heard from a young age. And it continued as I grew up. What was Jack's last name? Bellamy, which is my youngest daughter's name. Bellamy. We call
1: her Belle. And he was in the Air Force.
2: He was in the Air Force. Uh, He and Grandpa, um, they taught people how to fly during World War II. Um, and then Uncle Jack stayed in and served um, through Korea and Vietnam. He was an advisor for the Gulf Wars, which is um, there was a lot of talk about the Gulf War. This was during the first Bush administration. Um, right. Right. So I heard a lot about that.
1: So you had a political um, baptism and didn't know you had one. Just because... I thought that was normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. So that's how it got in your blood. Um, most interesting, I uh, look back at Ross Perot, for whom I voted, and uh, it really was a time that was a kind of crossroads because Jimmy Carter, I was in the real estate business, had a broker's license, still you know, pretty active. Interest rates, Jen, uh-huh. you're too young to remember this, went from of 14 overnight, practically, when Jimmy Carter got in. There were so many projects in this community that just went blank. Couldn't do a project at that kind of interest rate. And uh,
0: the paradox here was that this was a liberal community
1: that had voted for this guy. And yet, even their economy, in spite of the university being the economic engine, was drying up. And people began to say, We can't wait to get that guy out of office. And then became the hostage instance. He couldn't get our hostages out of Iran. And Perot came in, of course, and got his people out of Iran. I don't know if you knew that or not, but he, on his own private excursion, flew in and got. His people, well, Carter, the United States president, couldn't get ours out. And this led to Reagan. People decided they wanted somebody with foreign policy who would stick up for the country and stick up for American ways. Since then, of course, if you have the kind of perspective, my generation's gone. You think it's under threat again from the Jimmy Carter type people. The ones who don't want to protect America. So the hotbed for that vote nationally is here in Alachua County. And that's what we people have who want to take issue with it to work against. It's really difficult. But for the first time, single member districts. And if you take a look at it, as I'm sure you may have, a lot of it is rule. So I would advise, don't meet the people, you know, and let them know you're there. Because I guarantee you, if we were to take a poll right now, how many people know you? How many people recognize your name? Who are watching the show? I doubt there's anybody. You know? So welcome to the files. I hope it uh, helps the Democrat process, the whole voting process of people being made, able to make wise decisions. Um, So from a little girl, you grew up to be, of course, a college girl. And uh, I think it's so funny uh, what you wrote your paper about when you were in graduate school. That was hilarious. We talked about that yesterday. Can you share any of that, y'all?
2: Yes. So uh, I came to University of Florida like so many people. Uh, My husband and I came here for grad school. And I um, was pursuing my degree in design, but in historic preservation. And as a part of that, I focused on post-World War II um, architecture, so mid-century modern. And I'm a past president of Gainesville Modern, um, just really into that kind of post-World War II design. But as a part of that, of my research in grad school, um, I interviewed all of the Flavettes. So some of your listeners might know Flavette Field. That actually stands for Florida Veterans, and those are all those vets that came back on the GI Bill after the close of World War II. So I interviewed a lot of them, uh, the, including the Emersons of Emerson Alumni Hall, about their experience. So that was a really different kind of student for UF to have someone that was kind of that was really um, serious about their studies and ready to just move on with their lives. They'd been interrupted with the war and the serving, and they wanted to get back to getting their degree and having a family and moving on. So it was, it was really fascinating to interview those people and, um, see what their experience was like. They talked a lot about the rationing of coffee. That was a huge issue with a lot of the ladies I interviewed that it was so difficult to get something as basic as coffee, which as we all know, we all need in grad school and undergrad. Um, so that was fascinating. And then I also, um, wrote about the first women's storms on campus, which um, it it was just incredible to see what their lives was like. I don't think of that as that long ago, but I mean, they had curfews and uh, we talked about some of that. It it was just incredible. The difference, the different experience that students have today versus then.
1: It's really quite different. And uh, uh, women's issues generally probably, I'm trying to think of a way they may come up in a local race. I don't see one. What do you see the race issues as being? Um, And if you see the women issue locally, it's somehow, some way. Um, Let me hear about it and teach me because I wouldn't um, have my antenna up for that necessarily.
2: Well, I mean, obviously I am a woman. I'm a mom. um, But that's not really the core of of the, I'm running on more than that. I'm not running because, because I'm a mom and because I'm a woman I'm running because I see like what you said in the beginning, there's a need to get back to the basic function of local government. And that's really critical. We need to do that here in Alachua County, where we cover the basics of infrastructure. Roads is a great example. Um, We've really been neglecting infrastructure locally and, it's having an impact on our lives, especially in folks west of 75. Um, The traffic and the roads are just terribly bad. I don't want my kids driving on these roads. School's out today. Um, If any of your listeners are parents, they know uh, school was canceled today. And a lot of it had to do, I was told, with the buses. And it's not being safe, the buses and high winds. And I'm sure our road situation doesn't make that any better that our roads are that bad, particularly when it rains. I know on 23rd on the way to Buchholz, Um, the roads are really dangerous. So getting back to the basic function of government, of infrastructure and safety um, is extremely important to me. And that's beyond you know my role as a mom and as a woman, it's, it should be important to everyone. We need uh, to make sure that we have public safety and infrastructure covered before we move on to a lot of the other things um, that our local government can do? Well,
1: you know, I hate to uh, rain on your parade, okay? (laughs) But it's not just your parade. It's any other person who wishes there were not potholes tearing up uh, expensive tires.
0: This county doesn't want roads. It doesn't want sprawl. It doesn't want you getting in a car and driving
1: out to Newberry. It wants you to stay in the core of the city, in buildings that are higher and higher and higher.
0: It doesn't give a hoot
1: whether your teeth are rattled on the way to the dentist. It really doesn't. And in fact, I'll share a sequel with you, Jen. You asked me yesterday, when we were getting to know each other, how I got involved in this show. Well, I got involved, as you know, when Sue Baird um, was a commissioner. I began to learn what only a commissioner was privy to, because she'd tell me. And that was the meetings before the meetings. The public meeting that the public sees is not the meeting it's the private meetings, even though the sun shines, where they make all their talk and they
0: make all their deals. There was a private meeting about something called Pennsylvania Land Trust. Okay, I don't know if you ever heard of it. At 39th and I-75. Mm-hmm. All four corners of that Uh,
1: exit are owned by one family, only place in America well, that's so. a they were farmers, five, six, seven thousand acres of land. The Pennsylvania Land Trust was going to buy
0: and develop the northeast corner behind where Publix is now. Mm-hmm.
1: But guess what? Concurrency. Mm -hmm. concurrency said well you can't develop it if the roads aren't big enough to get people to it
0: so in the meetings before the meetings which they had taped I listened to the tape and in that tape and we ran it live on the radio in that tape We heard Byerly have an aha moment. Ah, you mean, if we deliberately
1: don't build roads, we can argue that there's no concurrency. And if we argue there's no concurrency,
0: we can't have development. Now, that was the private
1: meeting, Jen. Meanwhile, there was a public meeting where the people were so enthused about this subject that the county commission had to schedule the Santa Fe community college gymnasium for the meeting. Mm -hmm. That's how many people wanted this discussion to take place. What those
0: people didn't know was the county commission in the meeting before the meeting, the public meeting, had decided no way. Because of
1: concurrency. Jen, this was such an eye-opener to me. Mm -hmm. This was enormous. And it was an eye-opener to the public. Because I began to do a public record request for these meetings. And I listened to every one of them. And here is one of the strange things I'll share you share with you before
0: we go on a break. This was so arduous and so detailed that I thought well I got to farm some of this out I got to get somebody to help me listen mm-hmm. to some of this I realized there wasn't anybody nobody knew the
1: government system as well as I did
0: mm-hmm.
1: because if you're if you're listening to the orchestra and you don't play an instrument you can't tell which one's not tuned mm-hmm. right right I could tell you when I heard something that blew the lid off my head. You mean we're going to deliberately conceal
0: from the public information? Now those meetings before the meetings are public. Mm-hmm. You can listen to them. You can watch them. They could have done that all along. Mm-hmm. okay? But nobody put the pressure on them.
2: Right. And I think you're exactly right that there are these conversations going on. And for so long, it's been dictated by what's important to the people that live in the heart of the city. And the incumbent, she represents District 3, which goes all the way to the western boundary of the county. And, and as you can see, includes so many rural areas, but her concerns and priorities have reflected what's important to people in the urban core of the city. But the city has their own commission that they've elected. And we have this county commission and the priorities of the city are not always the same as the priorities of the county. And I thank you for pressuring them to make those meetings public and in the sunshine as they should be. Because that 's the only way that we're going to be able to figure out what's actually going on and see that the people in the western side of the county they deserve a voice um, it's their voice shouldn't be the same as the people that live in the center of the city um, and i I really appreciate you getting those out into the sunshine. Um, I know the sunshine laws can be challenging for some people, but that's one thing i I love about it is that we don't we shouldn't have these meetings before the meetings where certain people are deciding everything behind the scenes um, before a, a, you know, a fake vote is taking place later. So um, I thank you for that. And, and, and I thank you for the background that, that you give me. Um, I, w- I don't always know everything that went on prior to this. And that's part of the past six months and what I'm gonna do the next nine months is continue to meet with people who know the background of a lot of these development issues um, that are going on now. You're right about the, the roads. They, what I'm seeing now is that when, when they approve a development, they'll say that roads isn't a reason that the the traffic is not a reason to say no to the development. But when really the solution is we need to improve our roads and give more capacity. Um, So What I've also seen is that the county in their anti-development approach and kind of treating developers like as though they're the enemy, um, cities like Newberry, they have development going on that they're in charge of. And so that's happening anyway. And because of the county's stance of being anti-development, they're kind of cutting themselves out of the opportunity um, to have an influence on what kind of communities are being designed. So um, I, I really think it's important that we stop treating developers and builders and businesses as the enemy. We need to work together with them because they're the ones that are gonna determine what our built environment looks like going forward. And these are developments and homes and retail spaces that will last generations. So I want them to be the best they can be. And when we have this kind of negative relationship and, uh, adversarial relationship, um, I don't think we're ending up with the best developments that we could have for
1: the people of Alachua County. Come am Jen Garrett. We're we'll going to take a break here for the weather. Uh, we are holding right now, luckily, uh, and have not had a tornado to my knowledge uh, uh, get on the ground anywhere near us. Uh, we are expecting rougher weather this afternoon. We'll take a break, come back with the weather, and uh, have a few more minutes with uh, Jen Garrett to uh, get uh, let you get to know her um, and um, you know what's on her mind and how she got involved and in the chat room if you got a question or anything um, taking a look in the chat room and uh, uh, we'll uh, try to get that addressed as well so right back on the Ward Scott Files in just a moment. the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Award Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, r and Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscotfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner
0: wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy.
1: Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me.
0: Help. Help. All right. Welcome back to Ward's Weather, by golly.
1: Ward's Weather Report brought to you by Lewis Oil, Wendell Lewis Chevron Gas Station's fossil fuel. Get in line and fill up at Chevron. Wenda is a great supporter of the show, and we really appreciate those who appreciate giving this forum legs to stand on so that you may get to know candidates and issues perhaps better than you would have otherwise. We are probably looking at a bullseye hit here later on a widespread impactful storm to our area that is taking shape from the cold weather and the warm weather meeting each other. The chilly weather coming down uh, from the Midwest and the warm weather coming up off the Gulf have already created havoc uh, around the western panhandle part of the state. We do not anticipate right now uh, going off the air, hopefully, before about another 15 minutes of the show. Uh, If we do go off this close to the end, we'll probably call it a show. Because it will take several minutes to not restart the generator, but that instantly turns on, but to reboot the internets. And uh, our production is in Jacksonville. Here I am in God's country in Alachua on the cattle farm and the undisclosed location of the manly World Old Command Center. And uh, uh, we're doing quite well uh, with uh, our system as it's working right now. So. Uh, plantation mark, you're up in Virginia, get ready to get pounded, uh, you're going to get hit pretty well. And uh, it was kind of interesting because during the championship football game last night, uh, the place was leaking. And uh, that was Houston, Texas. And the storm was already coming across Houston, Texas. And uh, even though it was an indoor facility, it was getting hit pretty hard. We're talking with Jen Garrett, who is a newcomer to the political world. And isn't that refreshing? We need newcomers. You know, lots of times, newcomers don't go over very well. And we've got the quintessential example in Donald J. Trump. From the moment he came down the escalator, even before that, they began conspiring, really violating every known ethic, every known law, to keep him from being a candidate. And it hasn't stopped. How do we do that locally in local contests? We do it when there was a newspaper by using the newspaper to only say things about Republican candidates that we wouldn't say about Democrats. The Gainesville Sunset is kind of in the background now And we've got two other publications that work to get you the information. We've got Jennifer Colbera, Analogical Chronicle, wonderful writer. We have Seth Anderson at uh, Main Street USA, who is getting more and more familiar with the issues here locally. So among the three of us, the Ward Scott Files and Main Street USA, Analogical Chronicle, I think if you consult with us, we'll be able to keep you kind of up to date on what's happening. Now, one of the interesting things about the district that Jen Garrett is running in is it covers something which was, and still is probably, if this single-member district thing doesn't work, a hot item, and that's Springs County. Jen, what have you known or what have you done or followed If anything, don't let me put you on the spot with the history of Springs County.
2: Well, I have been following the history of Springs County and people's interest in it. And I think it really stems from the fact that people outside the city of Gainesville in the county have not felt like they have a voice, that that they don't feel like they have representation um, on the county commission. So the single-member district, I think, can help alleviate some of that. That's definitely my goal, is to be a voice for District 3 that we didn't have before. Um, As I said, the way the districts are kind of pie-shaped, what you end up with is that uh, most of the representatives live in the heart of the city, and those are kind of top of the the priorities of the city and that urban core is what's important to them but there's a lot of us that live out in the suburbs and in the rural areas and farming areas uh we deserve to have a voice in what goes on um and i, I think that's what S- springs county came from wanting to have representation so I'm grateful for this single-member district, and this is um, up so many years of, of work. I know that you put into it and so many others of trying to get this passed so that people outside the city more have a voice in what's, in, what's going on in their county. Um, I'm grateful, and I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. I'm going to win and bring up these issues um, that are so important to
1: folks out in District 3. You know, there's another side of you we haven't touched on yet and that's your artistic endeavors, and you might share with the people what you've done about town. Um, Generally, let me just oversimplify again and create one of the logical fallacies uh, in, in so doing. Most people would leap to the conclusion that he or
0: she who drew the artwork was a liberal.
1: But in your case, that's not so. Talk about some of the artwork you've done that is actually in the city of Gainesville that people probably assume was done by one of the more, uh, how shall we say it, liberal voting people.
2: Right, that, that is a surprise for most people that, that I create artwork. So a lot of my artwork is public art and very large scale work. So it's a surprise to them that a a petite female like myself has made it, and then it's a bigger surprise that I'm a Republican. But when I'm creating artwork like I did for, um, I I worked with Phoebe Cade-Miles, and from the very beginning of what she was dreaming for the Cade Museum, I think it was 2012 when um, I first spoke with her, and she said, we're trying to come up with a way to honor the original people that are donating to the museum that kind of see the vision because in those early days with the Cade, I mean, it wasn't a for sure thing that it was going to happen, but, uh, my husband's a scientist, I'm an artist, and that's so much of what's at the core of what's important for that museum. So I, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. And I really believed in, in the dream that Phoebe had for, uh, for the museum and then its impact in our community and beyond. So, um, and, and this is why I work in, in public art. As I, as I told you, I love to meet people. I love to kind of get a sense of what they're all about. So she told me about her ideas for the museum. Uh, my husband, Tim, was speaking in Berlin at a conference um, about eyes, actually, which is not, um, he's uh, chief of pathology over at UF. And so he he doesn't always work in uh, eyeballs, ophthalmology, but um, mm-hmm. this particular research project had to do with that. And he was speaking there. I tagged along. I had always wanted to go to Berlin, especially to see I have the background in um, historic preservation. So I wanted to see all of the architecture. And of course, that World War II era is very fascinating for me. So I went, and when I was there, I went to the Bauhaus archives um, that I was really interested in and uh, looked a lot at their um, Gestalt uh, image studies, where you were looking at an image and you see two different things. So for the Cade, I came up with this idea that we could honor the original donors by using this gestalt imagery. So we use the image of the vase, you know, or you have the, you can either see like two faces facing each other or you see the vase in the middle. So for those original donors, I sculpted in 3d um, the silhouettes of their faces and some of them are eight feet tall. Um, but when you look at it from a distance, you don't necessarily always see it. So that symbolizes um, what Phoebe had told me a lot about when there's a big scientific breakthrough where a scientist can kind of see in the data, something that's always been there, but they can see the image that other people can't see as readily. So um, it's fun. Like I love taking kids over to the cave and saying, do you see, do you see the face here? And you literally see the moment where they light up and say,
0: yes, yes, that's it
2: so that kind of excitement is a lot about what the kate is about and being able to be a part of that has been such a blessing to me and my family i believe in what they're doing over there what they're doing for our uh, our city our county uh, their worldwide impact so that that's why i love public art it's the same reason why i'm enjoying running for office is i get to meet people find out what they're all about what's important to them And then come up with a physical representation for that. So some people might have seen that new uh, sculpture at the sports facility, at the Alachua County Sports Facility that's at Celebration Point. It's about 15 feet tall. It features three foot wide uh, stainless steel basketball and some volleyballs and pom-poms. And that's what I did as the public art component um, for the county um, to represent and, and celebrate this new facility that's going on. That sculpture weighs one ton. Um, it was, really? it's,
0: yeah.
2: yes, it's, it's the largest one I've ever completed it. And it was such an honor to have it here. A lot of my work is not in, in Gainesville and Alachua County. So to have that piece here, it was so exciting and I love seeing kids and families taking their picture and selfies with it. Um, and it's supposed to be, that's supposed to be a really fun celebration of how important sports are to our community. Um, And they are. I mean, we all know that nothing brings all of the different people together in our county like uh, like our football games, like the basketball games or the gymnastics or um, all the families that have kids and travel sports. We're really passionate about sports in this county. And I wanted to create a celebration of that.
0: I'm trying to envision. You. Working.
1: With a medium. It weighs over a ton. How in the world, do you, what's going on, what's going on here?
2: Well, I mean, it, it's not just me, but I actually, in undergrad, I taught my husband how to weld. Um, really? I can, Yeah, I do arc, make, gas. I don't do TIG, um, but if I have a piece that we're working in aluminum, um, I work with the guys over in Boone Welding, actually when we were doing this last sports piece. So uh, right now I'm in my drawing and painting studio, and that's where I come up with ideas and do the drawings. Um, I typically do three-dimensional drawings on the computer. Uh, then I, send, I create fabrication drawings like an architect would. Because um, when you're working this big, it's really important to keep everyone safe. So I send those over to my engineer. Um, I typically use Stephen Belser, who's um, a local engineer. And he, he completes all the wind studies. That sculpture at the sports facility is um, rated to withstand winds up to 120 miles per hour. Important on a day like today with high winds. And um, he keeps everyone safe and makes sure the foundation is right. Then I go over to my guys at Boone Welding. Um, We figured out with this last project, I've actually been at Boone Welding longer than anyone else there. (laughs) 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 It's not every welding shop where they're cool with a woman coming in and being like, I need this here and this. And we have the plans out. The overhead cranes, the whole shebang. And um, I love those guys over there. They've been great. Do, do you
1: with. weld? Do you, do you weld?
2: So I do. Um, when it's a structural weld, I usually let them do it because uh, they weld all day, every day, and can do that structural weld. So the base of that sports um, sculpture, there's three beads on each one of the support foundations on that half inch plate steel. So we get pretty, pretty detailed about what's required and making sure everyone is safe and it's durable. I mean, and that it can withstand everything that the Florida environment throws at it, including uh, I call it the, the drunk college kid test, like making sure that it can withstand. Okay. People are not supposed to, to climb on my sculptures, but uh-huh. uh, I mean, I, I make sure that if that happens, no
1: one's going to get hurt. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I've got a lady friend who's an attorney. And she was a welder for the Navy. Oh, wow. In the ships, down in the holes of the ships, you know? Yeah. If she can get it done now. I'm telling well, you.
2: I mean, I, if you want to work big, you just have to figure out a way to do it. I mean, I'm not the strongest person in the world. So we use cranes. I have my whole crew of guys that help me. And um, you just find a way to get it done. And that's, that's what I want to bring to the county commission is I'm maybe not the person that everybody expected to do this. But I am the person that's going to find a way to get it done. And maybe it hasn't been done before. And, you know, maybe people haven't thought about it. Maybe having an artist thinking about things a different way or maybe me being so naive that I don't know I can't do that. I'm going to get it done. And that's the approach I've always taken with art and the large scale sculpture. That's what the spirit that I'm going to bring into the county commission.
0: Well, you know you've got several worlds here
1: intersecting. You've got, first of all, the female doing it, the diminutive female in terms of stature and relationship to that, which you're working with. Uh, You've got the product itself, which is the sports world. You've got the manly welding profession itself, you know, which one I assume would traditionally associated with the mail. You're in there with your sleeves rolled up. And
0: um, you've also got
1: character to get it done. So I'm not your campaign manager. <laughs> but I love I'll,
2: your advice, though.
1: <laughs> I would remember those entities and somehow try to share that with people who want to get to know you because of all the things I've been listening to about you up until now, you know, a mom, I don't want to be, you know, who isn't. Okay. That's one thing that doesn't make you special. You follow me? Um, You're married. Who isn't, you know? Uh, You went to graduate school. Who didn't, you know? Uh, You had an uncle who didn't, you know, but, uh, oh, now, wait a minute. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know, what all's involved in this, you know? And uh, you had to get a crane, and and uh, you do this again tomorrow, or, or this was a one-time deal, or where do you go from here, and do you have any other jobs in any other cities? I mean, uh, I mean there's a lot um, that you could possibly use there, I think. But, uh, you know, I'm not your – Not your guy, you know, but uh I picked up on I thought that was different. I've never talked to a candidate. Um I've talked to females who were real estate, I've talked to females who were attorneys, I've talked to females who were cops, but I haven't talked to a female Mm -hmm. welder who makes art. Mm -hmm. There you go, my two cents.
2: Well, thank you. And that is something uh, my campaign manager did ask for a photo of me welding the other day. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, you grow up and, and people will refer to, oh, you've got to take the road less traveled. But for me, it's been, you're going to have to blaze your own trail here. This is not the normal way people get to, to whatever endpoint, but this is the way My life has always been, um, I do have that background in historic preservation. And what surprises some people is when I worked, it's called the cultural resource management world. And um, it's kind of archaeology and historic preservation. And it's about meeting uh, federal section 106 and uh, Florida 267. But what it really was is I was working for FDOT a lot of times. Um, documenting historic structures, I got to go through uh, Mar-a-Lago way back in the day before anyone knew that Trump was ever going to run as part of a DOT project. So while I was really interested in the incredible architecture down in in Palm Beach, or even, I mean, I I surveyed Newberry and Trenton um, as part of uh, FDOT's project to expand State Road Twenty Six. I learned, I was there because I love the architecture, but I learned a lot about the way FDOT works and uh, how to deal with an entity that big and that powerful. FDOT is incredibly powerful. Um, I think most people don't don't realize that. And that is kind of coming into play um, with what's going on in our county. Uh, in Newberry, Sabre 26 is about to split and it's going to be... Um, it's going to be really different. So, uh, I'm working, I've, I've asked the folks that UF preservation to, to help with their main street program in Newberry. And, and that's something I can do now. I don't have to wait, um, until I'm elected to go ahead and um, connect them and get everything. Well,
1: let's sum up right now. We have two minutes. How do they give money to you? Big one. You want that out there. And, uh, how do they get in touch with you?
2: Hi. Yes. Um, I apologize. My dog was working. Um, so I have a website Gen G for district three. You can get there via my Facebook page. Um, and I have a way that you can give there. Uh, please reach out to me through Facebook or through the webpage. Um, I would love to hear from you. I want to hear what's important to you and your family.
1: Thanks so much for being on the, uh, Ward Scott files. Hopefully we were able to, uh, help the people in the community get to know you. Um, And uh, those of you who are watching, any candidate who wants to come on uh, has an opportunity to come here and get to know uh, you and you them. And uh, this is a long race. It's very early. This is January. Uh, Really, it won't be finished until uh, November. So it's possible you'll see some of the people back again. And uh, we will spread this word, of course, on our connections. And uh, you are welcome to spread it also. So thanks so much. Tomorrow we have welcome Wednesday, wonderful Wednesday. We have Ted Yoho with us and uh, we'll talk about all sorts of things that bother us. One of the things is, as you know, the lack of leadership. Where do we find leaders? They do not grow on trees. Jen, tell everybody hello and uh, have a great day. Fort Command Center out.
2: Thanks so much, Ward. It's been a pleasure to be on your show.
1: Thank you.